0: Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. What's new in your world?
1: Well, what's new in my world is the Dragon Con schedule... That they finally updated the app, and now that I have my new phone bump bum, bump bum, breaking news, uh I can finally download it, and I've already made my uh d de- um beta schedule
0: all right, so yes, the uh Harris family has decided that the it's middle school, so that would be another thing I guess new in your world you started middle school now yeah,
1: so many things
0: new it is indeed, and even like um I'm talking about like one of the coaches was saying, you know, if it rains, you know, have the kids use their phone and let their parents know to come get them. So I feel like we're we weren't ahead of the curve or behind the curve on getting you that piece of technology, and we'll uh, see how see how it goes. Now, whose phone is it actually? It's yours, actually. That's right. It's our our phone, but we are letting you use it. Uh, Oh, that's exciting! So you made a beta schedule. Uh, What what do you mean by
1: that? They remind me of that every time I pick it up. (laughs) We're
0: trying to. We're a little concerned about uh, everything. Every single other parent is concerned about at the Mm -hmm. exact same time. Uh, So tell me what, like the beta schedule. Tell me what do you mean by that?
1: I mean, I just scrolled through all the events and starred the ones, starred puts it on your schedule, uh, the ones I wanted to see. And I'm planning on later using a piece of paper and mapping out the thing because a lot of the things are at the same time as each other mapping out the thing mapping out my true schedule
0: so we'll kind of figure that out in the, in the few days coming by are there any particular worlds or universes or things you're excited about so far
1: uh, definitely a lot of Aeroverse panels there's a bunch of different ones and i think i found the one that's the best i think it's on a Sunday and I don't think we have anything around it.
0: Alright, that's exciting. What universes
1: are you interested in?
0: Uh, always the Doctor Who stuff, you know, I dig a ton uh, Arrowverse, I don't know as much about it as you, but you you always do a good job of, uh, of uh, educating me along the way. Uh, John Barrowman, you know, part of the Doctor Who thing and part of the Arrowverse, like I dig him he's, you know, really fun uh, I think those are the main ones you know, for me so far but I haven't, you know, I want to dive deep into it and see exactly what's there.
1: Uh, speaking of Doctor Who, didn't we just finish season 10? Like, we just embarrassingly just now finished season 10.
0: I cannot believe you brought that up, but that's so true. <laughs> yes, we, we just now. We had it on our DVR for forever, and then we just kind of didn't really finish it. So, yeah, we just. We just, uh. Kind of dove into the last few things.
1: We decided to buy the last two episodes on Amazon since I don't know if this was happened live or on BBC, but the sound mixing was awful.
0: You know like, yeah, it was really, really irritating, and actually, I Googled, you know those words like, you know, "BBC America," Sound mix, Doctor Who." It's a common complaint, and there is a solution to it. It, it looked like most of the solutions involve people who have surround sound. And they have to make an adjustment. So I don't know what the solution is for people with just a normal TV. But we need to figure that out before the next season when Jodie Whittaker becomes the first female Doctor. Because I I want to be able to actually hear what she's saying versus hearing the music. And that's that's the problem. The music is just too loud compared to the dialogue. Yes. So cool. So And we will do a big Dragon Con preview episode uh, that we will be releasing next week. So if any of y'all are curious about Dragon Con or thinking about going to it or want to know more about it or even just you know hear about it for next year, uh, look for that coming soon. And then we're also going to do something which I think is pretty cool. Hank, why don't you tell them about that?
1: Oh, so... How I kind of got into the Arrowverse was me and my dad, Michael Owl, uh, would walk some of it and then... I'd kind of go and binge watch all of it with Autumn. And so he's missed out on both season three and four of The Flash. So we're just going to sit down in one viewing and watch all of them, a bunch of unhealthy snacks. (laughs) Exactly. And finish it on a day.
0: There we go. So we're going to have a major binge binge coming up, and then we'll uh, record our Dragon Con podcast. But each day at Dragon Con, you know, after we go to it that evening, we're going to do a little short little segment uh, about the day we just had. And we'll be releasing those individually, those nights, so that uh, people can follow along and, and follow the adventures of the owls at Dragon Con, if they so choose.
1: Or well, we might decide to even bring the podcast to
0: Dragon Con. We might do that. And
1: actually, they have a podcasting track
0: at uh, Dragon Con. You know, there's a lot of those, these podcasts now, uh, rather than being like kind of interview format or fan format, they're doing like narrative uh, in fact, there's a gentleman in Atlanta A filmmaker here Who uh, took one of his movie scripts And turned it into a narrative podcast And it's been one of the highest rated podcasts around
1: Is that a S-Town?
0: No, that's, S-Town was like Because uh, S-Town
1: was the one you talked about liking a lot Yeah, Airstown
0: was as narrative nonfiction, So like that was, you know, true story Oh But told, you know, in an interesting way This is actually like a complete fiction And it's funny because he was like you know basically his name's brett wood Uh, and he was like people uh you know the the amount of people who have seen his movies versus the amount of people who have heard his story now through podcast is you know a very high amount to a very low amount so it's an interesting medium and maybe something uh that we should explore on how to do i don't know so that's what's going on with you that's very cool What's going on in your world? Uh, just you in middle school, buddy. That's that's mainly what it is. Is trying to get into the new routine, uh, deal with that. But I would say so far so good. At least from my point of view, it seems to be that way for you as well.
1: Yeah, we say that as we're recording on a Tuesday night. So
0: S- school night, school night, school night. We're good or, or, parenting.
1: We're being great. We're just doing doing great. But what are we here to talk about today, Hank? We're here to talk about, as you keep mentioning, that one Tom Cruise movie. (laughs) Yes, I've reverted
0: to the parental misnaming of things and
1: been like, yeah, that Tom Cruise
0: movie. We got to record a podcast about that. Uh, So we did. This is Mission Impossible, the sixth installment. I believe it's called Fallout. Is that correct?
1: Yes. And we also watched the fifth installment, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Um, this time, we have to go to Lone. <laughs> every movie. It seems like every movie is about him going rogue. Hey, Hank.
0: This time, we have to go to Lone. I, I like mine a little bit better. You, you try it again.
1: We're we really going to keep going on. This time, we have to go <laughs> All right, alone. I guess we're not.
0: Uh, so, what did you think? Let's just talk about Fallout.
1: This time, you're going to have to go to Lone. People listening, because you'll be out entertainment as we just perfect our quotes.
0: Right, give us a year or two. We're gonna nail it. So, uh, Fallout. So, going into this movie, I was expecting very, very little. I believe uh, we were listening. We were listening to a podcast. There's two movie reviewers called uh, Grierson and Leach, and I've forgotten their first names, but they have a podcast. They both write for different publications. And they asked the question, or somebody asked them, you know, what are the movie franchises that they're enjoying a lot right now? And the Mission Impossible franchise was one they both mentioned, and I scoffed. I tell you, I scoffed. I had stopped after three, I think. Or maybe there's one more that I thought was awful. And so, these yeah, were not... Yeah, it's Mission
1: Impossible 1, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3. Really bad one is Mission Impossible 2, but the one you didn't like was Ghost Protocol.
0: Yeah, I think two and four I think were awful. And, um, so... So I was not looking forward to this. I did not think it was going to be good. And, you know, CliffsNotes version, I, I really liked it. it. For what it is, it was really well done. And I can, you know, Tom Cruise can be uh, hit or miss with me as far as the kind of annoyance factor. Uh, but I did not find him very annoying at all. Overall, uh, what, what did you think?
1: Uh, I also really enjoyed it. We watched this on the first day of middle school. So I was like, eh, middle school, middle school, middle school. Cool action. <laughs> so it definitely made me forget about the surrounding world, which is really what a movie should do. Well what so, some,
0: some types of movies should do.
1: Yeah. Documentaries definitely should not, but and nonfiction based movies. So
0: Yeah, well but this is look like a good high quality Hollywood action movie and this is getting a little bit of a tradition for us on opening days of school. We go see movies now.
1: Yeah. That's this one fun. was definitely better than our first opening movie, which was the Two Towers, no, not Lord of the Rings. The Two Towers, but wasn't that one uh, Stephen King based novel?
0: Oh, The Stand, no, not The Stand. Stand was a great miniseries. The uh, it was part of the Gunslinger series, and I y- forgot the you name. You guys of know it. what movie we're, yeah, we're it was? Yeah, it was Idris about. Elba and Matthew McConaughey, and great, you know, great book and really horrible movie. So yes, we're we're on a we're rising trend. For our, for our opening days of school movies. Do uh, you want to tell a little bit about the story of the movie? Uh, I know it's been out for a little while, so there probably will be spoilers.
1: Uh. It's about the... It's about this league of terrorists that Tom Cruise is trying to figure out, but his team is shut down by the government, so he has to go co- like he does in every movie and try to track him down but turns out that but he has to to do I can't finish my sentences to do this mission he has to escape help the main villain of the last movie Rogue Nation uh, escape
0: that's right and there's like a a nice he's a good nice evil villain like he's a well well written villain and yes. and there's some like, like there's a bomb We're worried about this bomb going off is it a biological weapon or is it a normal like
1: it's a, it's a, it's plutonium it's plutonium a
0: nuke. okay so yeah they've got to recover that they've got to figure out the syndicate and there's a couple of the complications the syndicate was
1: rogue nation it's a new syndicate 2.0 ah, that's okay
0: all right. And uh so he has his usual band of helpers and that he's got Ving Rames, I forgot his character's name, but uh who honestly doesn't really get a whole lot to do in this movie. Or really any of them. He's kind of underutilized. Simon Pegg, who's very funny, and but uh, I l- I really like him a lot and he's a great writer and director, but uh, not a huge fan of what he does in this movie either. I Get a little tired of the the fish out of water You know, I'm a super secret agent, but I'm not the stud super secret agent, so I'm going to be scared all the time. Uh, That gets a little bit old to me.
1: Yeah, I was surprised uh, Hawkeye wasn't in this one. He was in Rogue Nation, but he wasn't in this one.
0: That's true. It was because that's true. uh, So who is his liaison in this one? I think it's Alec Baldwin, who I guess leaves the CIA and joins the IMF. Uh, which is, you know, Ethan Hunt's organization for the Mission Impossible folks. Uh, so, you know, that's basically the setup. But who who else is in this kind of helping him out in the beginning?
1: It's the love interest, super British spy from Rogue Nation.
0: That's right. Uh, Ilsa Faust, I think is her name, played by Rebecca Ferguson. And she's pretty awesome. So her and Ethan kind of have, you know, a relationship. And then also, and I, I loved this, and I thought he did a great job, Henry Cavill, who plays Superman in the DC movies, he is there as a CI operative uh, called Walker, and he's kind of there to keep Ethan Hunt in line.
1: But it turns out he's actually the leader of this new organization because being a stupid, bad a spy and comic relief was just not enough for him.
0: So spoiler alert. So I thought he did a great job and I thought honestly when the when this movie got me was the scene there's uh, in the you know, towards the first third of the movie where Henry Cavills, CIA guy, and Tom Cruise, IMF, are going into this bathroom to try to impersonate and try to, you know, do that the face, you know, implant kind of thing they do. They copy people's faces and they make a mask and, you know, and they can imitate the voice perfectly through microphones and you know, fool everyone, which again I think is a little gimmicky. And they actually referenced that in the movie. I love that. It was a little felt a little meta for me. Uh, and again it turned out to be a key plot point in the movie. So they're trying to do that to this uh, this guy, this uh, kind of Asian secret agent dude who may be like the big evil person or may not, and he just whips them. I mean, he just starts just beating them up. So you have these two great agents you know that are like you know the good guys and they're they're just getting destroyed by this other dude and that's kind of when the movie i was like oh all right we're gonna do some different things here that's kind of cool
1: can't have the heroes win all the time can't have our awesome stud spies be awesome stud spies all the time
0: that's exactly right and so they end up actually killing him and needing him and kind of forces the action for then hunt to go into this meeting uh, with the woman who looks like she's going to be our main villain, and you know she may or may not, you know, be at this point. We don't really know exactly much about her, uh, and he just sets up another great action sequence in the bar. So that's that's kind of what this movie does: is it goes from one action sequence to the other, but in a very in a way that kind of respects the story. Like it doesn't feel contrived like oh, okay here we've got another car chase like everything kind of does go out of what the characters want as we're trying to you know solve this crime and figure out you know how to get how to get you know the the big evil dude out and how to get the uh, you know get the plutonium back um, a part of the movie I really also enjoyed was towards the end and again this is another spoiler alert during the movie, they keep making reference to Michelle Monaghan, who in you know Mission Impossible One or Two, I think, uh, he met her and ends up being his wife. And but that you know is not going to work out having the wife of a secret agent, so she has to go into hiding, and then they end up like where basically the bomb is going to go off happens to be where she is and not happens to be the evil guy planned it that way. And I really loved that. I did not see that coming at all. Did you?
1: Yeah, me not knowing who the wife was, I still completely loved that with ending up running into his wife and has this cool moment with one of his, the IMF's agents. And he's kind of fighting for her doing that last segment, yeah, last was, fight scene.
0: That was very, very cool. And again, the ending scenes with um, the you know, two helicopters were involved. I think you had an issue with one of the helicopters had something dragged behind it. We couldn't tell what it is. I still don't know what it is. It's
1: like a bag of pillows. <laughs> it was. It was like a bag of pillows.
0: Yeah, I don't think maybe it was not like, you know, aid related and they would drop it down or something, but it, they never explained it. It didn't really make any sense. I
1: mean, it's really for the actions for, it's really for Tom Cruise's action sequence. I mean, so he exact- doesn't die. <laughs> that's
0: exactly what it looked like. Which
1: like, I think like, I wouldn't accept that in any other movie except in a Mission Impossible movie where he's doing his own stunts. So I'm like, eh, that doesn't work for the movie. Oh, but if it wasn't there, he'd die. So, you know.
0: That's an okay exception?
1: That, that's an okay exception.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, and this is one of those movies, you can roll your eyes at it and at the same time really kind of enjoy what they're doing. Uh, it's good actors. Uh, it's good, you know, good writing, good directing. And the, the, it was Christopher Macquarie is the gentleman who directed it. And I, my guess is he wrote it as well because he's known mainly as a writer, at least it was back in the day. He wrote the movie, uh, the screenplay that became the movie, The Usual Suspects, which, Hank, I don't think you've seen. I think it's probably rated R. You're not probably quite ready for it yet. But it's pretty, it's an incredible movie. It's one of my, you know, top. 50 movies it's it's really good uh so he's got some street cred as far as being able to tell a good tale
1: um any other thoughts man no not really i think we covered the entire movie you've done most of the talking i just feel like i want to get some more words in here okay
0: I'll say something brilliant
1: brilliant or even sub oh uh, <laughs> I was kind of confused with the fact they said that girl that we meet up was actually part of the CIA or IMF or was actually like an agent. The British was, oh she was the hired, MI6,
0: which is like the British secret secret agency. Yeah, so she was hired to kill the big evil dude, right?
1: Then, no, I'm not talking about that girl that was in Rogue Nation. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that girl that they meet up with. Oh
0: yeah. Crime turns, lady. Yeah, the big the big heiress boss who's the uh, so she was working with the CIA, right? She was like an um, like an informant with uh, them. Yeah, that was got a little a little fuzzy plot wise for me as well.
1: I would rather her just be a cool Aaron Richards crime boss. <laughs>
0: And Erin Richards, of course, is the actress who plays Barbara Keen in Gotham when her mafia phase: right, for those of you who might not know, uh, we're big Gotham fans as well.
1: I see do we was there any Gotham for the Dragon Con? Oh yeah, there's a big season four panel.:
0: All right, sweet. and this is just this is fans talking about it, or have you figured out or if uh, fans, actually people from the movie. fans
1: talking about it.:
0: I wonder if uh, Gotham has ever they've ever had a big presence down there. I wonder. Maybe for the final season, whenever they they have that. That would fifth, be kind of cool. actually. Is it going to be the fifth? Is it yeah. the final? the fifth is right, final.
1: Sweet. Oh, that's fun. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Barbara Keane has, like, three phases. There's her love interest phase, right? her murderer phase, <laughs> and her crime boss phase.
0: Yeah, and I wonder what's going to be next, actually. Because I have a feeling, to me, she has probably... Or at least she looks like she has the most fun of all the actors on that show. Except, or, or except for
1: Zaz. Series. Except for ah, Zaz. Zaz. I love Zaz.
0: Victor Zaz.
1: Uh, what movie are we talking about?
0: <laughs> We're talking about Mission Impossible. That Tom Cruise movie.
1: That Tom Cruise all right, movie. Well,
0: all right. Well, let's wrap this up. It's getting late. It's bedtime. It's a school night. Uh, Hank Al, what are you reading these days?
1: Uh, the DragonCon app, because <laughs> I will do everything in my power to continue to talk about DragonCon.
0: Yeah, we are, uh, we're a little geeked up over here and excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be doing those daily reports. I'll also, we'll also include some about the Decatur Book Festival, because that's very important also. And again, it's just, Labor Day weekend's a great weekend to be in Atlanta, other than the weather, usually. Uh. Hello how we
1: say. Yeah, we're gonna do the Decatur Book Festival because we're excited about reading as we turn our reading section into a section about Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent point.
0: What am I right my what am I reading? The I hope you're aud- also reading the, the Dragon Con App. Might be asking themselves. Or might not. Uh, I am also reading the Dragon Con App, but I'm also reading those Craig Johnson novels still. The the Longmire novels are still great. Each one is a little bit different. It feels like the author is giving himself a new challenge with with each book you know they're not it's not like watching law and order procedurals you know where there are always the same beats at the same time and by the way Don, nothing Don. wrong dun dun with law and order procedurals I, I love law and order but there is a very standard formula you know besides you know having just the best guest star the guy, the guy you recognize who's not regularly in the show we know they did it but there's that but there's also you know, a very, very structured show that's very predictable, but, you know, enjoyable. Uh, so the, I think he's he's avoiding that v- very nicely so far. And I think I'm on book six. And I think there's 12 of them. They go down very quickly, but they're still, you know, I find a lot of fun literary merit in them. He's a beautiful turns of phrases. He's an excellent writer as well as storyteller. So I'm still deep into those. I'm still reading that sleep book, too, which tells me that... uh I'm doomed because I don't get enough sleep, <laughs> and tells me
1: that kids should never have caffeine, which tells us that we should be going to some of those late night Dragon Con parties. <laughs>
0: getting older, getting older and older. I'll be uh, well. It'll just be interesting. Well,
1: we'll be Harry Pottering out at the Yule Ball from. 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. is what I think it lasts. From it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, You potter Potterheads. Guarantee you,
0: there's there's nobody got some
1: notes in your head.
0: There's nobody in this room who will be at a, a party at 2 a.m. Uh, all right, Hank Owl, that was fun. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Any words of uh, words of goodbye as we close this up? Um. Stay fresh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to work on our exits and our endings, our outros, I think is what they call it in the uh, (laughs) somewhere. Not
1: hanging out with any people that used made up words around me, words with no meaning. I'm going up the stairs.
0: Oh my gosh, that's right. That was a Fugitive uh, reference. We watched The Fugitive this weekend. And that was, what did you think of that?
1: That was that was good. That was a good movie. That it's was,
0: a really well-made movie, right? It was
1: on HBO, and I didn't think I was going to watch any because I was watching Smallville. But
0: and I kind of bribed him. I said, you know, let's watch until let's you know give me twenty minutes, and if you don't want to watch any more after that, and of course,
1: I don't think that counts as a bribe, but yeah,
0: yeah, I guess that's not a bribe, but at any rate, all right, ladies and gentlemen, check back with us very soon for our huge. Dragon con preview show uh, if you have any questions you want to ask us that uh, you can hook me up on uh, let me up on Twitter uh, Michael H Harris and uh, tweet us any questions you might have or you can uh, email me at MHH at pinecone turkey.com and we'll be uh, happy to try to address those questions uh, so we're both looking forward to that.
1: mind for me to say something i was why i don't know all right bye y'all <laughs> bye
0: Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Haran. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email. A twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.